I would like to throw it out there that I think this is possibly one of the best, if not the best, Ashes summer we've ever had. And can I can I tell you for why? Yeah. Because I think that we should be looking at the Ashes summer as the aggregate of the men's and women's. Yeah, true. And like obviously the men's series was incredible. There's been a lot of stats flying around about the the games being so close like there was it something like under 30 or 40 games out of 350 are won by less than 50 runs or three wickets and we've had four games in this series which like just goes to show how close the two teams are Mm. um and then obviously the the women's series was a draw in remarkably similar circumstances them having to win every game to to draw the series a bit like a bit like the blokes as well so i i think for those reasons and obviously obviously it's a shame we didn't win 5-0 but then would 5-0 i think arguably 5-0 be less interesting than a two all yeah i i i just thought it was in terms of talking points and like and and you know stuff that happened it was just brilliant wasn't it it was it was just so watchable i mean i spent so much time watching live the games more so than i ever have um i watched all the tests not quite all the days of all the tests but near enough um you know and i I sacked off playing golf you know (laughs) to 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 watch it and stuff so uh, i was properly engrossed with it um it was captivating wasn't it i still think oh five was the best as I think I, 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 it was a long time ago I was only 13 but I just remember it was just it was just brilliant and and yeah I think this has to be up there I think but yeah definitely for in my lifetime or, or but then I remember, 05 definitely. the women's game was so so much less publicized yeah but England did win the ashes in 05 they did they um, did England women won the Ashes in 05 and so did the men, so double victory. But I think it was just great. I mean, it just the series just had so much. Um, so this brings me very neatly on to my next my next point. Mm-hmm. Um, Favourite Ashes moment of the summer. So I've jotted a few down um, to twig your memory. Bairstow carrying the protester off the field at Lords. Oh, God, I've watched, forgotten about that. I watched the BBC montage and it was all about the, the, the shots that so-and-so played here and there. This isn't necessarily so much like that. Um, Bairstow carrying the protester off. Crawley's first ball, smashing it for four. That's right up there for me. Wokes and Woody completing cricket at Headingley. Crawley's ton, obviously. Broad's bails, root scoop. And uh, last but not least, a rarefied sight on a cricket field, the Ben Duckett leave. <laughs> Um, I think for me, my favourite moment was Brody with the Bales second time because I was watching it. I, you know, I'd not had a great day. I'd been to the hospital. I'd gone to A and E in the morning. I'd sat there for six hours while they did all sorts of tests on my heart to see if I was having a heart attack. And then I got home, told that I'm probably fine. But I need to go and see a cardiologist. So I wasn't having a great day. And I got back and 
I, I turned it on, didn't know they were getting a wicket, and then Broad, I saw Broadie go up, play with the bales, and I just knew, I just knew, I said, he's going to get a wicket, this ball. And then he nicked off Murphy, and I was just like, that's just the most Stuart Broad thing. So Broadie hitting his last ball in cricket for six, and then messing with the bales and then nicking off Murphy. There, so if you could wrap those two into one moment, that's it for me, for the, for the my my best moment of the summer. Couple things to say on that. Todd Murphy is absolutely not a number ten. No, he's quite good, isn't he? He's quite good. He's quite good. Yeah. I thought he would be. I was kind of hoping he'd be an absolute rabbit, but he's actually really quite good. Um, and the the ball change. I like to think that also in Stuart Broad's last test, he snuck into the umpire's room where they keep the balls, presumably, and uh, wrote on a ball that's been used for like maybe two overs in the nets or something, <laughs> 30 <laughs> plus, 30 or 40 overs. Just put it in the old bag, is that like giving it a shine first, put it in the old bag, giving it a good buff. And then next day, oh, wow, look at this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll use that, shall we? And it's just done loads. Yeah, I mean, the Aussies, I mean, I, I get their point, but the amount they call us whinging ponds and all the stuff about Bairstow's run out. And then since, there's just been so much whinging about that ball. And also, and they, it was and a they different do, day. They, they it do wasn't... the same thing. If they don't like the ball, if it's not swinging, they'll do everything they can to get it changed. Yeah. So... I do like the fact they had to change it because Woody's bumper hit Kawaja on the lid. So it's I know. So hard. It's it out of shape. <laughs> How hard is Kawaja's head? Yeah. God. I think one of my favourite moments of the series was when Woody removed Kawaja's stump and yeah. broke. Did he break the stump? No, that was Josh Tung broke Wall's oh, stump. Oh, yeah. Okay. Josh that Tung was good. Broke. That yeah. was a good moment. He was kind of forgotten a little bit in this series, wasn't he, Josh Tung? I think he'll be... I like Josh Tung. I, I was a bit sceptical. but I was sceptical when I saw him play against Ireland. I thought, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I was a bit unsure, but he was really good. And he's got that sort of awkward, that really high arm. You know, it, as a batsman, it's if, if someone's got a really complicated action, it's sort of... You, you've got that time working it out, almost. So it, it makes it seem quicker. You know what I mean? Um, or I certainly find that anyway. Um, that if someone's got a complicated action, it, you just sort of, it just sort of knocks you off off balance a little bit, and it just makes the ball seem a bit quicker. More going on, yeah. But bit, te- I, yeah. bit technical for me, though. I like Josh Tung. I think he's got a future now. Now, sadly, Sir Stuart Broad has retired. I think well, Jimmy won't be far behind, and then I think you're looking at Tung. I'd like to see Ollie Stone fit. I, I don't think, think I don't think we're going to see Ollie. St- Ollie Stone is always mentioned as a cricketer that w- could have played had he not been injured, but he's always injured. A bit like Tamar Mills. His, his record, his injury record, must be worse than Tamar Mills. I feel really sorry for him because he bowls gas when he's fit, mm. but I think he might be a bit of a Joffre Archer that I don't think we're going to see him playing Test cricket much. Sadly. Yeah, I think well, if you've got you've got Joffrey, you've got hopefully Wood and Wokes for a bit. I don't. I think Ollie Robinson's got to um, re 
re-emerge almost. He's, he didn't have a great series, and I think he needs, I think, likes of tongue. Uh, I wondered if Robbo was carrying a bit of an injury. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. I mean, his record was really good coming into it. He's averaging like 21 with the ball. Oh, he's bowling seeds in the um, county champ, albeit in D- Div 2. I'd like it, I'd like to see him move to a Div 1 team. Yeah. He's going from I'm... Div 2 to Ashes is quite a jump, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't know how much difference there is from Div 2 to Div 1. You well, know, they say they there's always, a massive gap. They always Div comment test, don't they? They always comment on it. But I think I mean, there's teams like Leicestershire that didn't win a game for like four years and stuff. But Rayan Ahmed's playing for England um, from Leicestershire. But, yeah, they, I don't know. It's hard to, to quantify because they're all just so good. To be Also, playing. who watches Div 2 County Champ? Yeah, but I mean, Yorkshire are in Div 2 County Champ and they're half the England team. Do you watch Yorkshire? No. <laughs> No, but I don't. I don't watch Championship cricket really. I'll occasionally watch Somerset. I enjoy I... listening to it. I love the badgery BBC Radio commentary, which yeah. is also on YouTube. It's brilliant. I mean, I follow it. I follow the stats, which is a bit badgery. But I, you know, I follow and and it's because you know I've played with or against probably about fifteen or sixteen guys that are playing week in week out in the Championship. So that it's in, it's always interesting to follow people that you know. And hope you know, see they're doing well, hopefully. Um, so I keep it the interest from that perspective, but I'm not really, you know, I couldn't tell you who the most technical or aesthetic players in Div Two are. I can tell you who's got the best stats. But yeah, you love a stat, don't you? Well, it's it's, but I just don't have time to <laughs> don't have time to watch all the games. But you can. It, it only takes you five minutes to look up look up on I check scores you know when they're on see who's doing well and and stuff um, but I couldn't really comment on it but whereas when we were members at Surrey not to mention it again but we used to go well you have not yeah, to I mention know, but, it but, but I will but we used to go all the time we, we did. used to go we used to go every home game and because I live because I live next to the ground I'd just I'd pop in after work if there's a championship one and watch the last half an hour and have a pint um, so I, I watched a lot more championship cricket then um, because it was on my doorstep. On the topic of Sir Stuart Broad, mm. how do you think, or how will you remember Stuart Broad? How will you best remember him? Because a lot of people will say, oh, the like when he gets his knees pumping and his various spells, but I think the way that I will remember Stuart Broad is just how much he nosed off the Australians. Um, I, I think there's a, I think Brody, for me, um, I've you know I've always said it about Brody that he wins you a game a year on his own, and he's not really done that this year. But I've always said you know he has one of those one of those spells, doesn't he? Like is he took a five for one against South Africa he took eight for 15 against Australia you know he, he has those spells um which just win you the game on his own and you have always said that about him and, and I've always said he doesn't really seem to do very much in the other nine games in the year but on um, one he's just so you have to have him in a team in case he has his game he and had I a always, brilliant series though I think I always massively underrated him um, yeah, I think had, that's. I think in hindsight, that's very true. Yeah, because quite for quite a long time, you had a bit of a down on him, didn't you? Yeah. When he was bowling bumpers, 
yeah, I didn't like him bowling short all the time, and um, but he's he's now just retired as the number four Test bowler in the world on the new rankings. He's number four. Um, which I also like the fact that Ravi Ashwin's top, even though he can't get in the India team. <laughs> <laughs> they don't pick him, and he's the best test bowler in the world and has been for a long time. Um, but um, yeah, I think Brody, I always would have remembered him for those like amazing moments, you know, those amazing games where he win, he just turns the game on his own. Um, but I think I'd now will remember him for a lot of the hijinks like the bales and like the the constant checking to make sure he could leave his crease in the, just general nausing the them off test, just yeah. generally being the pantomime villain for the aussies he's um, curated that role very well for himself yeah i think he's uh, yeah i just think he's great i think um, another another one of my favorites was i think it was during the covid series when England were playing the West Indies, and I'm not sure whether it was Anderson's 600th wicket, but he dropped, it was a really regulation catch, he was still at mid-wicket, and he shelled it. And then in classic broad fashion, he ran the bloke out. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy was livid. It's really funny. Oh, that's great. I think yeah. Jimmy was looking at him like, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> Yeah, he's been, I mean, he's been involved in a lot of stuff. He was England T20 captain. He got yeah. hit for 36 in an over by Yuvraj. You know, he's he's had a serious career. He got that, he got, what oh, was it, 100 and, this is showing me being badgery. I think he 167? Yeah, was I was going to say 169. Ooh. But it might have been 167, I don't know. That massive ton. And they were like, this lad is the new... Like he's a new genuine all rounder, and he was a great batsman. They got hit he in the was. face and became a bit of a bunny. Um, and then he reemerged as Nighthawk. As Nighthawk, and he he finished. He hit fifty five sixes in Test matches, which is a lot. Yeah, it is. That's a lot of sixes. Um, so yeah, but I, yeah, I just I'll, I'll really miss Stuart Broad. Same. I'm gutted. Um, I feel I feel genuinely sad. He's a shoe in for commentary, though, isn't he? Oh, he's already on it. Yeah. So he he won't be away for long, and I'm sure that Sir Stuart Broad will be a thing. I can't stand all of this nonsense about oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't pick people based on the romanticism of cricket, or Stuart Broad's made this test all about him. So. Some of these newspaper articles, the um, the Guardian, I think in particular, has been like really yeah, it's anti. It's really boring because if you take the people and the moments and the emotion out of the game, oh yeah, let's just go and watch eleven blokes running around a field or eleven women running around a field, not know who they are, no emotion. It's it'd be like it'd be so much poorer for it. So, like, so what if if Jimmy Anderson got picked? based on um, what he's done before for the Old Trafford test or, you know, the same for the Oval. But when when you're there at the game and the crowd are singing, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, it's awesome. Yeah, but 
but also look how many of the greats have signed off with a great performance like cook getting a ton in his last game that's elite you know broad just finishing it off there you know they all do you know there's so many examples i mean bradman's duck is probably the only one i could think about where someone signed off in a bad you know in a disappointing way they've all done um you know great things on their last go because the stage is set for it and because they are you know anderson and broad are true greats aren't they and the greats of the game rise in the you know in the in the biggest moments and that is their biggest moment the last thing they'll ever do in professional sport so given the chance that every time i would as a parting salvo uh, on the Stuart, sir Stuart broad topic just like to throw out there that the red bull reset really hasn't aged very well has it no <laughs> remember when they dropped broad and anderson they thought yeah yeah, yeah we're going to make the team better by doing this no yeah, that's uh, not gone well, is it? Pick yeah. your best eleven players for the for, for the for the mo- best eleven players in the moment and for the opposition and yes, the, and the and the and yeah okay and the pitch. You know, don't don't pick five eighty mile an hour seamers for India. You know, pick some spinners, but um, and some batters and some batters, but um, yeah. and a keeper as well. Ben Folks. Let's not get started on the keeper today. But, but, because... but Ben Folks is the best keeper in the world. Absolutely. Johnny Johnny is a good keeper, but I just think Ben Folks is the best keeper in the world. So I, I don't. I, and he's a and he's a very good bat. So I think he's worthy worthy of his place. Um, just as a point of order, um, Ben Folks reeled off a ton in the One Day Cup yesterday. Yeah, as he always does. But you know, let's not get started. Let's not go down that rabbit hole because. Uh, that's fine, but but hey, they're playing England playing re- the most important thing, and I know that's what Stokes has said a lot is they are providing entertainment, and I was thoroughly entertained all summer by the Ashes. When so. Crawley and Duckett are batting, he just scramble for any kind of uh, TV, radio, live text because something happens every ball. It's it's so good, and that's. It's so captivating. You just want to, and almost, I'm almost addicted to listening to those two in particular. I think that is one of the most exciting passages of the Test match when those two are batting together. Yeah, I think. But the, the thing that I liked, I think, was winning them a batting. Was like, right, Crawley and Duckett. There's going to be a fast start, and there's going to be chances, and there's going to be talking points is going to be good and then at three okay it was originally pope and you thought mm, he didn't have the best start and then he got injured so okay but then mo coming in at three you're like yes this is going to be some really sort of those sort of languid drives he plays you know he just sort of eases into the ball and then there'll be a big hoik and he probably won't get very many but it'll be some really lovely bits of timing and then you'll be into route who's the just the best player in the world and you get to watch him bat and you get to watch him do his scoop and you get to watch all this and then you get to watch Harry Brook the new up and coming lad who's scoring so quickly scoring loads of runs great average then you've got Stokes and you know what are we going to see from Stokes today and then you've got Johnny with Johnny eyes fighting for his place to prove that he should keep you know it's just excellent it's oh it's just brilliant 
each one of them just delivers something different and it's so much fun. You've just done an Ashes preview after the series is finished. Yeah, an Ashes review. <laughs> review. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, thank you very much, Stuart Broad. Um, thank you, Stuart. Sir Stuart Broad. I think we should yeah. also knight Sir Moen Alley as well. Um, why? Why? Well, I know we won, won, won the World Cup for one. I think yeah, anybody I know, they who all won, won the 2019 World Cup deserves a knighthood. They all won the World Cup and they've won their 2020 World Cup since. I don't, I, I don't Stuart know. Broad, Stuart Broad is knighted based on his uh, services to Test Match cricket. But I think yeah. Moen Ali to white ball. Moen Ali is a serious white ball player. Yeah, but Owen Morgan's not been knighted. Well, Stuart Broad isn't actually knighted either. It's just what no, we I know. Think. He and will. We know what we say and think doesn't matter. But Broadie will be. I mean, Cookie was. Um, Cookie is. Alice, um, Andrew Strauss is. I think. Yeah, but they're both posh. But Michael Vaughan's Broad's not. Posh. Broad's posh, and his dad played for England. So I reckon Broadie's in line for a knighthood. But um, yeah, I just. Yeah. I think I think Moen Ali deserves a knighthood. Mate, he's an English England cricket legend. Moen he Alley. is, he is. But so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's certainly an MBE. If he's not already, he must have one already. Actually, he has got an MBE because he had to miss a day of training at the. Is it an OB or an MBE? Yeah, he had to miss got, a day of training at the start of the series, is. didn't he? Yeah, he's definitely got a something BE. I would. Um, just like to mention Chris Wokes as well. The Wiz. The Wiz. Right. So he didn't play in the IPL, which is probably worth about 150k ish. Oh, IPL, loads more. No, He's... that's what he got paid last year, 150k. That's cheap for him. I know. He hoped because he's so good at white ball as well. Yeah. Um, World Cup winner. Yep. Multi-format player. Came back from quite a bad injury last summer. And just an all-round great bloke. Well, all-round great bloke. Known as one of the nicest men in cricket. Um, and you know there's that scene in Notting Hill where she's... Uh, Julia Roberts is like, oh, I'm just a... I'm not just a girl fan. standing in front of a boy. Yeah, asking, you know... I feel yeah. like that's a bit like... Chris Wokes. He's just asking the nation to love him. He's just a bloke who wobbles the ball off a length at an acceptable pace, asking the cricket nation to love him. And I think we do. I mean, I do. He's one of my favourite cricketers. He's so good at home. I can't think anybody says a bad word about Chris Wokes because he bowls 85 in the in the channel. Very accurate. Moves it. Good bat. Good fielder. Great bloke. Plays three formats. Do you want to know what his bowling average at home is? Um, oh, you I, probably know it because you I, love stats already. I think I might be a bit badgery here and already suspect I know it. I think it's 21. 0.88. So, yeah, yeah, you're pretty close. That's pretty good, isn't it? It's ridiculous. But he does, but but you've got to temper it. With... Do you know what his batting average is at home? 30. 33. Wow. But you, the thing with Wokesy, unfortunately, you do have to temper it in that he's played a lot of games 
where they've rested Broader Anderson and he's played against a weaker team. So Bangladesh, West Indies in England. Um, they've not rested Broader Anderson that much. Though, in my way. But, but Wokes hasn't played that many tests. I don't think he might have. I don't know, um, but he's but he seems to have got run outs against weaker teams at Lords, where he's very very good. He's played so twenty eight home test matches. It does beg the question as to why they didn't play him at Lords, but we're not going to get into that. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah, but at the time, I did ask why they're not why they're playing Robinson and not Wokes when Wokes is just a phenomenal at Lords. He's like Tim Murta. <laughs> but better. Tim Murta's niche is that slope at Lords, just jagging it away off the length. Tim Murta is deadly at Lords. Same with Toby Roland Jones. They're both lifetime Middlesex men that are just brilliant at Lords. Um, but I just love how Chris Wokes is like, oh, you know, is he going to be, like, is he going to change the series? He's come in and he's just completely flipped it on its head. He's just, just excellent. Just really excellent. Right, uh, Chris Wokes. And um, uh, we're, now we're talking about Sir Stuart Broad. Um, I think that we need to um, sort of memorialise Broadie a bit here um, on the podcast. And I was thinking that um, in the little village where our wonderful Village 11 play, I think we should just call it St Stephen's. I think that's... We no, can't name it after where you play cricket. But St Stephen's is a very nice little villagey name, isn't it? And it won't be offensive because it's where I play. I think it needs to be... We can work on that, maybe. Okay, in the little village where our village 11 play. Yeah. Um, that may or may not be called St Stephen's. Which may or may not be called St Stephen's, where they do a lovely tea and the high street is called... A thriving Abs- high street. thriving high street called Absolute Road. Um, I think they've decided to rename the ring road that goes around the village uh, Stuart B Road. Um, I can't disagree with that. I also think Stuart Broad is the mayor of this village. I think they've maybe given him a big key. The keys to the village. And they've called it Rob. (laughs) The Rob key to the village. Yeah. Um, And I think, yeah, so I think they've, they've just had a big ceremony. Um, so I don't want to go to Absolute Road for our sort of light relief this week. Instead, I'd like to go to Stuart B Road, um, and look at the garden centre that we mentioned that maybe Matthew Hayden works at. Okay. Um, I've not really done much thought into this, but have you got any thoughts about anybody that could work in sort of an industrial estate on the edge of town? <laughs> Um, in the garden centre, I've got I've got one name that immediately springs to mind. Yeah, Lizelle Lee. I could see Lizelle Lee working. Yeah, I could see her working in the garden centre. What would she do though? Where's her sort of specialism in there? I think she's in the outdoor section. You know, they have the cupboard and the outdoor where they've got the plants, yes. and she's she's hands on with the plants outside. Oh, she's in the plants. Yeah, I could, yeah, okay. I could see her in the plants, definitely. Do you think she's more the trees or more like the shrubs? Like the shrubs? Oh, I think she's just an all around expert. I think she's green fingered. Maybe more like the long grasses, 
Long mm. grasses and trees, I think. I, yeah, I could definitely see her in the in the in the sort of the planting the planting pots. Pots and planting section. Pots and planting section. And she could teach you all about raised beds. Lee's is actually quite a good name for the garden centre. Maybe she's the owner operator. Or leaves. Oh, 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 naughty. Leaves could be a good one, couldn't it? Um, ben Duckett never goes in there. Um, but I, I, uh, I think so. I think, I think maybe Todd Murphy could work in there in sort of a horticultural environment. He looks very much... Todd Murphy looks to me a man that is in touch with nature. I think he maybe works in the more like nerdy part of the. Maybe he works in the. He wears glasses. No, <laughs> he's like in the aquarium bit. Oh, you know, all of the quite a lot of gardens. Oh yeah, yeah no, uh, yeah all right. Section. Yeah, I could see that. So he just looks. He looks like a very nice individual as well, doesn't he? He looks like a really nice bloke. I. He just to me, he just looks. He strikes me as being a bit of a naturalist. Like, I don't want just... it to come across that I have typecast him because he wears glasses. I think it's just because he No, looks... but I could see him I could definitely see him in the aquarium bit. I think he's into marine biology. Yeah. Maybe the ponds. I reckon he likes a good pond, Todd Murphy. Or may... does he work I don't know if he works on the hot oh, who works on the hot tubs? Oh <laughs> um oh. got a nice display of hot tubs out there, some with the lids up. I keep. I always come back to Samit Patel, but I don't, <laughs> can't be. Samit can't work everywhere. No, I don't think it's Samit. I think I, Hayden. I, I know I said about Hados doing the barbecue. Hados could could know his way around a hot tub, or is it, or is it uh, Michael Clark? No, I don't think so. I bet he's got a few hot tubs. Yeah, I don't think it's Michael Clark. I've got an impression of like a bigger bloke that really enjoys sitting in the corner of when he gets in a hot tub, he just sort of sits and dominates one corner and sits in there for those. See, there's a challenge to see how long he can sit in there longer than everyone else. So takes up, say, 50% of an eight seater hot tub. It takes up a lot of space and always invite, invites other people in, but makes the temperature as high as it can be. So it's like not Jesse Ryder, is it? It could be Jesse Ryder. It could definitely be Jesse Ryder. Tall. Well, no, he's not that tall, but big bloke. Big unit. Big unit. Likes a beer. Likes socialising. I've got That's intimidating people. I I think Jesse Ryder could definitely do the hot tub section, but probably he's got quite good sales chat as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, what? I think you've sold me. I think Jesse Ryder, fully staffed. We are. Yeah, who's your shed man? I'd say that's Hados. He's got that covered. You think Hados just does all sort of outdoor? Sort of temporary buildings. So you think he does like the sheds, the pergolas? What is? Oh that? yeah, he knows What's... his way around that department like the back of his hand. Gazebos. Yeah, he does. He does all that area. Decking. Your dick. Fencing. Your dick. <laughs> you gotta have a kiwi doing the decks. 
all the kids in the neighbourhood want to come and play on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to have a Kiwi doing the decks. Maybe Kane Williamson could be good at doing decks. He looks a bit like a carpenter. He does, actually. Kane Williamson could do the decking. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah, because Kane and Jesse, maybe Jesse or Kane got each other the job. I know, I think, mate. I think, I think Kane got Jesse the job. <laughs> I think, I think, I think Jesse might have been needing the job, and Kane, Kano sorted him out. <laughs> Jesse's been uh, flogging the hot tubs for quite a long time, and then Kane's just managed to uh, get him the, no, the gig I, at Leaves. Yeah, I think so. Has Leaves got a cafe? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's quite a, I think it's quite an upmarket garden centre. I think it's got a cafe. It might even have like a farm shop where Ian Blackwell might send some of his homebrew. <laughs> they might have an outlet. Maybe that's where Ollie Pope works is the outlet for Black- Blackwell's butchers. Um, I was going to say like somebody's quite young working in the farm shop yeah. outlet section. Who's a young up and coming cricketer? James Rue could work at a farm shop. Oh, really? James Rue could definitely work in a farm shop, couldn't he? I think he could. Somerset Bay? He could definitely work in there. Um, and yeah, I don't know, cafe? Who'd work in a cafe? Anya Shrubsole? I was also going to say that I could picture Jesse Ryder drinking... Blackwell cider sat in the hot tub <laughs> having a slow afternoon of sale so he just jumps in and uh, cracks open a, a tanker of yeah. cider I think Jesse Ryder does that quite often. I don't think we should have that in though because of his demons with alcohol mm. Yeah I remember when I went to Sporting Legends in Barbados it was actually the reunion last night and I couldn't go because my heart um, but I went to Sporting Legends in Barbados as Jesse Ryder <laughs> um, and I just put a bandage around my head and lay on the floor. For the whole <laughs> Which, oh dear. I wonder if um, maybe the headband 11 could be something that we think about. Yeah. Did Jesse Ryder wear a headband? Oh, he did. He used to bat in one, didn't he? Yeah. Stuart oh, Broad wears a headband. Stuart Broad, Jack Brooks. Jack Brooks, just Will mentioned. Will Pakovsky as well. You heard of him? He's the one that keeps getting concussion. He keeps getting concussion, but he wears a headband, and his his record in the Sheffield Shield is un. Yeah, he's a gun, isn't he? He's unbelievably good. That he just keeps getting knocked out. I've got a feeling that quite a lot of the Kiwis wore a headband for some of their T twenties as well. I want to say, um... Graham Thorpe used to wear a headband batting. One of my all-time favourite cricketers, Graham Thorpe. Um, I'm trying uh, to think of you know when Hamish Hamish Marshall must have worn a headband. Did Hayden used to wear a headband when he batted? Um, I've said I I remember thinking, yeah, I think so. Not all the time, but I've certainly seen him with one. And (laughs) you doing some research? I am. Um, Can you hear my keys going? Yeah, who else? Um, I'm trying to... There's a picture of the New Zealand team, their T20 team, when they first... T20 first came in. 
and they went full retro. Is that with like that beige and brown kit? Yeah, I've got a picture, and there's one of the. I don't know, but I, I don't know who it is. Just need to figure out who within this photo is wearing a headband because he's definitely getting in. I'll tell you what, I'll send you a picture of it and you might be able to identify him. (laughs) It's just come through with the massive... Yeah. Yeah, It's Hamish Marshall, that's him. He's got a massive throw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's an amazing photo. Look at those tashes in there. Chris, Cairn, Chris Cairns is in there before he opened his betting shop. What I like about that photo, you, there's one of the Aussie teams stood next to the Kiwi team as well. And uh, the Aussie team are obviously taking this T20 business quite seriously. The Kiwi team thought, nah, let's just have a laugh. Daniel Vittori's got lamb chops and a handlebar. Mustache. Mm. Uh, Fleming's got the zinc all over his face. Marshall's got <laughs> Hamish Marshall looks like a wrestler in that photo. <laughs> he, looks, he looks incredible in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe... What's quite funny is it. <laughs> there's another. There's another photo, and it's Marshall. He's just kneeling in front of the bloke behind, and it, <laughs> it looks like the bloke behind has just got like. A massive uh, afro pubic hair. <laughs> it's really funny. What, Chris Kearns. That's uh, Chris Kearns that stood behind him in the photo you sent me. I'll send you this one. You'll enjoy this. <laughs> Maybe we should do blokes who'd most like in, uh, international cricketers who'd most like to have played with. I think could be a good, yeah, good segment. Great eleven. Mm. Hang on. <laughs> Oh, have you turned the buzz off off your phone? Chris Cairns <laughs> is on there again. He's kneeling next to Hamish. That is a funny photo, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's great. I'd quite like to try and get my hands on that retro New Zealand. Oh, I could definitely find yeah. one of them. Yeah, easy. Oh, no, they'll be, they'll be niche now. All right, dude. I'll let you go get your tea. Thanks, uh, mate. All right, mate. I'll see you in a bit. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Bye. Thanks.